day, I, I started calling, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life. Uh, uh, but uh, the name changed because I couldn't sing. But uh, I want to talk about how marriage is so hard and then how God designed it to be because I think we get this all wrong. Have you ever heard anybody say, this shouldn't be that hard? Ever, ever heard? Ever said it? Don't put your hand up. I want to I just dive into a little bit of why marriage is so tough, just in case there are some of you who, who are still single and think it's easy. Um, I, I, I want to start with this. I asked, uh, we've got a doctor in our church, uh, Steve Blankenberg, and I, I said, Stevie, talk to me about the brain. And so he pointed me in some right directions, did a few lectures with me. But I want to show the difference between a male brain and a, and a female brain. One thing, ladies, I want you to know is that the male brain is bigger. I just want to establish that. It, it is bigger. But what we also found is that whales and elephants also have bigger brains. They just don't work that well. The thing that differentiates male and female brains is actually the hormones that fly through it that force it to work in a different way. So what happens in a couple of seconds is that a thought comes through, uh, ears, eyes, etc., into a male brain, and it goes from the front of the brain generally to the back, sometimes from the left hemisphere to the right, but mostly just from the front to the back, and then comes back to the front again, and then we move forward. In the same amount of time, that same impulse will go into a female brain. It will go from the left to the right, to 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 the back, to the left to the right, 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 to the front. So here's what actually happens in that. Women are processing an enormous amount of information at the same speed as men. So the result is that ladies have better intuitive thinking, analyzing, drawing of conclusions. You have a larger hippocampus, which in proportion to the brain size, which is the learning and memory space, which is why ladies can remember what happened last December the 19th when you had that fight. <laughs> and you don't know there was a fight. That's, that's what's going on. You have stronger reading comprehension and writing ability, more tuned fine motor skills, more depth at retrieving information from long-term memory, which causes us great pain. Faster perceptual or sensual interpretation speed, high levels of verbal ability, much, 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 much higher levels of verbal ability. Here's what this all means. Ladies, you will walk into a room like this, and you will notice... If Christy was here, you'll notice Matt and Christy, and you'll go, wow, they're looking a little bit tired. And you'll see Jess and Steve, and you'll see them, and, and ladies, you'll see that Jess is looking a little bit off, and, uh, and Steve is looking quite angry, and you'll presume that they had a fight on the way to work. And then Georgina walks in, and she is wearing an absolutely gorgeous dress. And you'll look at her, and you will think, I shouldn't have eaten that cheesecake. I'll, I wonder if I could fit into that. I wonder if my husband noticed. It's okay, he's looking kind of flabby too. I wonder who I should sit next to for later on in the conversation. In the same amount of time, your husband will walk in and go, the bar's over there, John's there, Jack's there. Man, it's going to be a good night. All that happens in the male and the female brain. They are so utterly different, it is amazing. Now, you just have to have kids 
to understand this is true. Ladies, do you know that your brain actually runs hotter than ours? There is more blood to like the engine part, which actually gets you into trouble. It's why ladies are more, probably more likely to, not probably, they're more likely to fall into things like depression because you are analyzing and thinking about everything. This causes pain. But if you have kids, you can see the differences enormously. So just the way they literally see stuff. I will hear my boy probably every second day, walk to the fridge, open it up. How many of you have got boys? You've seen this. They open the fridge, and then he will shout, though it is right here, Mom, where's the tomato sauce? You heard this? My daughter will never do that. But when we go on a game drive, my little boy will go, he'll, we'll be driving along, and he'll say, Mom, look over there. And there, not on this hill, but the next hill, there's like a kudu ear and a little horn. Look at the kudu over there. It's like, what use is that? Anyway, this is, this is boys. My little girl, I have never, I've got two daughters, one son. I have never seen my daughter leave dirty underwear, especially on the floor. It just doesn't happen. She's a girl. Just evolved. My boy, all the time. So you'll hear Amy shout, Jordy. Why is, that, why is that on the floor? Is your underwear clean? And then he will do what boys across this country are doing every single day, whether you know this or not. He will walk over to them, lift them up, have a sniff, and go, yes, mom, they're clean, which actually means he's only worn them once, and he'll put them back in the drawer. This is just men and women across the board. They are so utterly different. Different in our thinking, different in our processing. And to say to one another, man, it shouldn't be this hard, is about the dumbest thing we could ever say. If, if we, never mind the male and female differences. Well, let, me, let me add one more, because this is fun. Libido, which doesn't cause much pain in marriage at all. If we think about a male's libido, basically works like this, goes up to when he's 18, and then it really goes down, and then he dies. Okay, no, uh, that's not true. What actually happens is that it actually starts to taper off. Ladies, you have all kinds of things going on in yours. There's some estrogen, some progesterone, a little bit, of, tiny bit of testosterone. There's like all kinds of stuff going down. So what happens with yours is that they, they go like this, and then there is one glorious, incredible week where the lines cross. And then it comes down again. And then you hit this thing called man on pause. And basically what it is, like a slipknot, and then we die. That's, that's kind of how, how marriage goes. It shouldn't be this hard. Now, let's, let's throw some other things into the mix. How many extroverts in the room? Extroverts? Okay. And, and guess who you married? A flipping introvert. And, and here's the thing. We've read the science, introverts. We want you to know that we read the science, that, uh, that you're not selfish, but we still believe you are. And uh, introverts, you, you know that we are, we are shallow because we just go around from person to person not dealing with our stuff. They marry each other. Spenders. 
Any spenders? I mean, just be honest. Call yourself generous, whatever you want to call yourself. Just stick up your hands. Okay, you know who you married, hey? A saver, a hoarder, basically. And God just went, this will be fun. Let's put them together. Cognitive people, people who process stuff. You, you go fast. You think things through. It's all in the brain. How many of you? Okay. Feelers. This is how you know you're a feeler. When you get into a conflict situation, you hear words coming at you like machine gun fire. They just come and come and come and come. And by the end of all those words, you still feel like he doesn't really get it. This doesn't feel right. And you feel immensely bullied in every argument you have. How many feelers in the room? But you can't be a thinker and a feeler. I'm sure some, some went up for both. Here's the deal. God put us together for a purpose. Now, the, the problem with all of this togetherness, thinkers, feelers, spenders, savers, oh, just one more, male, female one. Have you ever seen ladies in a very healthy relationship, like just the way they will touch each other's arm, and they're just like gently affectionate in a normal lady way. If you ever watch guys do that, you'll see a level of discomfort that is bordering on being terrified. In fact, when, when guys, when guys want to be affectionate to one another, what they do is they give each other a hug, and then they hit each other on the back so that they don't have to go to the chiropractor. It's just like, bang. Then we feel safe. I mean, we just, just everything's different. God mixes that together. And, uh, and it makes marriage tough. Now, if you're kind of over 30, the way we grew up is we went, it's fine because if we marry the right one, then, then it'll be tough, but we'll get through it because I married the right one. But then what generally happened is 10 years later, the right one that we married changed. She changed once and then twice and then three times and four. And some of us went, man, this is kiff. Every five years I get a new wife. But for most of us, we went, I didn't sign up for that. And then when you look at the stats across the world, we went, Flip, I must have married the wrong right one. So let me go find another right one. And here's the big idea. The youngsters watching us started to go, man, the movies are wrong. The, Shrek didn't land up happily married forever after. He actually married the wrong Fiona, and he needs another Fiona. And so they started to go, there must be many right ones. And so they use this word compatibility. So they are looking to date, live with, try out one person. That doesn't work. Go to the next person. And you just have to watch series today to understand how they think nowadays. We try out this relationship, and it's not feeling so good, so let's try out this one at the same time and see if that works together. And then, no, that didn't work, so let's go back to that. This is how relationships are done. I want to tell you the problem with both of those ideas about the right one and a compatibility one. Here's the problem with both those ideas. Both those ideas are based on this thought. How do I make myself happy? 
We even talk about happily married. The belief system of most people is marriage is to make me happy. Now, I'm going to break that today. It's going to be fun. Aren't you excited for the God part? I want to read this text. It says in Ephesians 4.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I um, went to, uh, to hang out with a, a couple that I love and know uh, uh, quite a while ago. And um, I went to his home, and this very big man had kind of been eroded, and he was, he was a lot smaller than he used to be, and he was a lot grayer. And his wife, who uh, has this cutting, witty sense of humor, has just overcome cancer, um, and, and she was there with him. And I looked at them both, and this man has wells so deep that when you're around him, you can feel the spiritual fervor, and it almost makes you want to reassess your own life. He's that type of human. And she is so delightful and so joy-filled that even at their old age, you just go, oh, I want to be around them. And you watch them, and uh, the connection that they have is so deep that you can feel the friendship and you can feel the connection. And, and as I was sitting there watching these two, I was just going, couple goals. This is where you want to end. This is just beauty itself. What you don't know about that marriage is that in the first year, she had an affair. And um, when he found out about it, he went to God and he began to pray. And he felt like God said, just love her. And she, because of the shame she was feeling, the frustration, the struggle in their marriage, she just wanted out. And so she kept rejecting him and, and telling him, I want out. I don't want to be part of this. And he would go for these walks in the morning where he would take all his pain to God. And then he'd ask God to fill him. And then he'd go and love her. And this carried on day after day week after week, month after month, until one day, the love of God broke her heart through this enormous man. And one day, she came to him and she said, I want to accept Jesus into my life, and I want to make this marriage work. And she cried, and they began this journey. Six years later, they started marriage seminars, and first tens came, and then hundreds, and then thousands. This is a picture of the gospel. 
You see, the gospel is a story about a groom who loved his bride so much that though she was rebellious and sinful and broken and wounded and tarnished, though she was in so many ways completely unlovely, he would die for her. He literally had to die for her. And though it was so messy and so painful, it was of great joy to him because he valued her so much. She was so utterly unlovely that he died for her to make her lovely. And now he looks at us and calls us righteous. This is the story of the gospel. And the gospel is a picture of marriage, and marriage is a picture of the gospel. That's why this verse says this. It says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, that's from Genesis, and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. This is a mega mysterion, is what it says. A massive secret to be found out. That when God invented marriage, he already had what Jesus was going to do for the church in mind. This is what God was thinking the whole time. That marriage is there to help you understand what Jesus did for his bride and work it out the way Jesus did. The whole purpose is that the deeper you go in marriage, the more you understand the gospel, and the more you go into the gospel, the more you understand marriage. And it just changes everything. Now, let me tell you why this is so important. Because I do premarital. In fact, I have such a joy. We do four premaritals a year. We literally have like 15 couples coming through the whole time. We're just marrying people left, right, and center. Here's the opening question I ask. I generally try and corner people in the process. And I say, why are you getting married? Brew, do you know how hot she is? <laughs> we make each other so happy. Man, we're just so good together. You know what they're saying? I want to marry her because she will make me happy. I want to marry him because he makes me happy. To which I think to myself, for the next two months. You see, the purpose of marriage is not to make you happy. Let me, let me show you why. In Ephesians 5.21, it says this. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That, that word, word reverence, it means overwhelming fear and amazement and just wow, overwhelming wow at God. So notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say submit to one another, entrust yourself to one another, um, love one another, serve one another. It doesn't say that out of reverence for how cool he is to you, how happy she makes you. It says submit to one another out of reverence for what Jesus did for you. His, his, in layman's terms. Don't live your marriage 
to be happy. Live your marriage to make Jesus happy. To which some of you are going like, how does, like marriage has been between two people, now we're involving a third, like, where is this going? When God put you on the earth, he created you for his glory. And when you live for his glory, he makes you more like Jesus. The purpose of your life is to glorify God and become more like Jesus. And here's the big idea. When you do that and become that, you become happy. But if you put the cart before the horse, you land up very unhappy. Marriage is not for happiness. Now let me tell you how this plays out. In year six, going to seven, of my marriage, I was down in Cape Town, and Ames asked me to pull over. And she said to me, babe, either this stops or I'm out. So I said, what? So she said, you do like five nights church. You, you, your whole life is about the church. You're an extrovert. You're meeting with people the whole time. Wherever we go, you're connecting with people. I am feeling completely left out. I don't want to be like another pastor's wife. I, don't, I have a passion for special needs. I want to make a difference in my own lane. And she just kept going and going and going. To which I said to her, babe, I warned you When we got married, I said, if you're going to marry me, I'm a pastor. And this is what our life is going to be about. Don't marry me if you don't want this. To which she said, I changed. (laughs) And then you know what? We prayed, went to a counselor twice, and then we were fine. We went through so many pastors... I mean, I think it was four or five pastors, like four professionals. We went through marriage course after marriage course. I've read the book. You bring it to me, I'll probably read it. We did absolutely everything. We went to Bethel, which is like, I love Bethel. They're like the most spirit-filled church that I know. I went there to do their marriage course. It was weird. It didn't really help that much. I I read a book called Keep Your Love On. It actually bandaged my marriage together. But the thing that got me through this, now I just want to drop a thought into men's brains for a moment. This is what happens when men get stuck in marriage. They go, okay, I'll go see the professional. Okay, I'll go see the pastor. Which means because for them, it's like going to the proctologist. They are not excited. This is, this is what it means. I will go twice, maybe. Because I want my marriage to get fixed. Secret. Marriages don't get fixed. Marriages heal. You don't fix a bone by just like putting it back in place. You fix it by time and rehab and beginning to restore. Marriages generally take a wounded person and an immature person. They throw them together with all their differences and they rub each other up and down the wrong way so that all the nasty can be exposed so that Jesus can come in and begin to heal. The thing that kept my marriage together 
apart from being divorced is like bad for my career. There, there were other things that kept my marriage together. The thing that kept my marriage together is this one idea that my marriage is not for my happiness, it's for the glory of God and the transformation of me to look more like Jesus. And so we went, my elders, they loved me so much, they said to me, Ross, please go away for a three-month sabbatical for the sake of the church. And on the sabbatical, <laughs> I remember being in Disneyland. And uh, you know Disneyland, the happiest place in the world? Well, I was the un unhappiest person in the whole of Disneyland. I was like, what the heck am I doing here? I hate this place and my children, I don't know about them either. I was just, it was a nightmare season. And the thought just kept going through my brain. This is painful, but Jesus went through more pain. This is ripping me apart, but Jesus died for more. The purpose of my life is not to be happy. It's for the glory of God. And so we just kept putting one foot in front of the other and one foot in front of the other. And you know what happens? You wake up one day, and it generally takes about two to three years before a marriage like clicks in. You wake up one day and you go, I sacrificed the church's growth. I sacrificed friendships that I love deeply. I sacrificed, and you can list them. Because if you're going to make your marriage work, it is going to cost you enormously. And you wake up one day and you go, and I would do it all over again. Because this woman looks at all my flaws and sin and mess and brokenness, and she loves me anyway, and that is the gospel. And I see her warts and all, and all the insecurities and all the stuff, and I would die for her anyway. And every day I wake up next to her and I go, flip, I'm lucky. This is the best thing about my life. That doesn't come without sacrifice and cost. And the thing about marriage is you can't just fall into love. You sacrifice into love because love is an act of the will. It's not a feeling we fall into. And the truth about everybody else is they're trying to fall into it. That's called taking drugs. That's why I give up on this girl and I go to that girl because endorphins suddenly kick in and I'm on drugs again. Marriage. Marriage is about transforming you. And if you'll stay the course, you will wake up one day and you'll go, man, I married my best friend, the lover of my soul. And though we are so different, I can feel the love of Christ bouncing around my bones because I experience his grace because I understand the point of marriage. It's to reveal the gospel. Now, let me tell you why this is so important for you guys. Because the world is in trouble when it comes to relationships. And um, it'll be better here because you live in the Bible Belt. But if you just travel around Durban, you'll just find, I'm getting divorced, I'm getting divorced, I'm getting divorced. And what's hitting our kids with sexual identity stuff, 
Man, if they don't start to see some solid, beautiful, working through, honest marriages, man, it's going to be hard. The carnage is going to get worse. You've got to do this for the glory of God because the world needs it. I want to speak to singles. If you want to choose right, know this. There's no such thing as compatible. It's not going to happen. But there is such a thing as aligned. Instead of asking the question, will this person make me happy? Ask this question, will this person help me live for the glory of God? And if you're divorced. You know, God says this. He says, I divorced Israel. He has felt the pain you feel. It breaks him the way divorce breaks you. And he has grace beyond measure. Don't waste the pain of divorce. Understand the gospel through your pain. Because the more pain you have felt in life, generally the more ability you have to feel the love and comfort of the Lord Jesus Christ. The more broken you are, the more you can suck the grace out of heaven. It's just the way God made you. You in many ways are so blessed. Suck it out of heaven and you'll find a new season starting in your life. To you marrieds, the old gray-haired ones who've done this for longer than not than I've been alive because they would put you really loud, really old. Well done. Understand this. The generation underneath you is facing a tougher world than you ever faced. Social media creates carnage in our lives. We need you. And to those folks my, my age, I don't know how to say this with love. So bear with me because I deeply love you. If you don't grow up in the process of marriage, you will break your kids. You have to go. God Marriage is to grow me up, heal me, restore me, and glorify you. Please. This world needs you. Now, after that very heavy ending, I'm going to pray for grace. Some of you need this prayer more than others. And if that's you, just sit like this. Jesus, preaching this is easy, living it is hard. But I pray that extraordinary grace of your gospel comes rushing through into our community so that people will say of this community, their marriages are blessed. Lord, I pray for those in pain, God. I know their pain. I pray, Lord, for your grace just flooding through and flooding through. I pray, God, for your 
Holy Spirit comforter, giving them a hug. God, I pray for hope back in their lives. And I pray, God, that singles in here will choose well. And I pray for the older folks in here, God, that you'll give them wisdom to support the younger. And I ask that, above all, your love is felt today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.